This is Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Is it really over? Is Bayer really going to pay $66 billion for Monsanto? Well, let's find out more from Christopher Perella. He is U.S. Chemicals Analyst for Bloomberg Intelligence. Christopher, thank you very much for being with us. Before we get to the details of the deal, tell me exactly your perspective from the chemical business point of view. Why would the deal get done at a time when crop prices are dropping. Doesn't that mean that farmers have less money to spend on the very products that Bayer is looking to acquire? Oh, that's a good point, Pim. And I think the uh, the key here is to uh, to give farmers an all-in bundle of seeds and crop chemicals. Uh, serve up an agronomic solution to farmers that you can package and sell out and drive sales growth that way while the market waits for crop prices to improve and thus the outlook for all these companies to improve. So uh, it's uh, – what about just – let's start with some of the nuts and bolts, the deal, a good deal. I guess it's a good deal just in the basic sense. It's going to get done, and there's been quite a bit of back and forth. Right. It does appear that it's going to get done. Um, some of the risks, though, behind the deal, a lot of debt that has to go out. Buyer has to do some heavy lifting to finance this. $39 billion in debt, uh, $19 billion in mandatory convertible bonds and rights issues. Um, and if they can maintain investment-grade rating, which is going to be a key to the deal, I think that helps them. Maybe uh, with the ECB and their uh, corporate bond purchase program, that might, uh, that might also come into play uh, as part of this deal as well. Well, perhaps what they could do is they could actually sell the bonds uh, to directly to the European Central Bank, right? Quite, quite possible, uh, no, with the disclaimer that I am not a, uh, a credit analyst in Europe, but uh, that, that does seem uh, like a reasonable suggestion. All right, so now go into a little bit of detail in terms of the businesses that will be combined and what the future company might look like. Right. So from the ag perspective, which is the, the focus of this deal, you have uh, Monsanto, the leader in biotech seeds, um, and Bayer is number three in the crop chemical world. So you're combining seeds and sprays. But it, what it really does is uh, that farmers care about it, in turn regulators care about it, is it gives it, – it, it's, it's yield in the field for farmers. Um, whether you develop a biotech seed that helps the plant grow better or that fights off disease or pesticides, or if you develop a chemical that does something similar, doesn't matter to the farmer. It's, uh, it's all about driving yield for the farmer. And regulators probably will look at it from, from a similar perspective in terms of um, seeds and, and crop chemicals really do compete against each other. It's just uh, different avenues to, to get that yield uh, and higher yields, higher income for the farmers out in the field. Now, that being said, those two businesses put together, combined with Bayer's existing pharma business, it's, it's a, basically the company is going to be half pharmaceuticals and uh, half ag chem biotech seeds, uh, which raises a number of questions about the long-term viability of, of, of a model like that. So uh, the, the big picture that some are framing is that this is something that is going to reshape the farming industry, a whole new way of doing things. Uh, do you buy onto this or is, is it really going to be that much of a kind of uh, landmark deal to make a, a new kind of approach here? 
Um, it's not a new kind of approach. It's the, the ongoing evolution. So I wouldn't say that it's a, a, a leap forward so much as it, it's the way that the market seems to be heading with uh, Syngenta pioneering the model uh, a few years back. They started combining the seeds, marketing the seeds and the chemicals. Um, Dow and DuPont getting together to create, uh, well, three companies out of two, but one of which will be uh, an exact lookalike with seeds and crop protection chemicals put together. Uh, it's, it's an evolution uh, in terms of R&D where the, uh, the, they're developing seeds now that respond or that are tolerant of, of certain chemicals. So you're, you're locking in a, a farmer not only to the seed, but then that seed is locking in hopefully your own chemical that the farmer is going to have to use on that. Well, that raises another regulatory issue uh, down the road as well. But all these, all these are driving yield in the field for the farmer. And, and it's sort of the evolution of the business is where, where it's headed. Is there a possibility that regulators will come back and say, even though there's not a lot of overlap in the business of Bayer and, uh, and Monsanto, that the combined company is going to account for 30% of global crop inputs business and that they just will not allow that in as much as we've seen these other, as you described, previous giant chemical deals? Right, right. And and. People should note that uh, Monsanto Bayer is number four in the line of uh, ag chemical deals behind ChemChina Syngenta, Dow DuPont, and uh, Potash Corp and Agrium in the fertilizer space as well. Um, some areas that, that would probably engender uh, regulatory scrutiny right off the bat would be U.S. cottonseed, uh, where uh, Bayer actually bought its cottonseed business from Monsanto about a decade ago. Uh, canola, some soybean oils, and, and there's some, uh, some crop chemical overlap as well. And then that also raises uh, the regulatory um, outlook of uh, looking at these deals in total, all four deals going off at the same time. How does that reshape the market? And uh, you do raise a very, very good point about 30% of the entire global crop input market being uh, controlled by one player there at that point. So there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of question marks uh, from a regulatory perspective perspective with this deal. Where do you see the most growth for this company? Uh, Monsanto, of course, has, uh, um, I'd say for people who are concerned about things like genetically modified uh, organisms and crops, uh, uh, Europeans seem to be, have kind of led the way on on that one. Is it less of an issue in Asia, in Africa? Uh, the, the concern about uh, Roundup, it's herbicide uh, glyphosate, right, the trade name is Roundup, continues to spark not only opposition from opponents of GMO, but more and more health and environment, environment experts globally are jumping on the bandwagon. At some point, does that catch up with this company? Uh, There's a, a great, great point and a, bit, a very important issue there. The, um, the, the growth, um, depending on the country and depending on the politics of the country, the growth of biotech seeds is either embraced or uh, the complete opposite of that, um, depending on the region and, and how, how much they need uh, the, the input, the yield there from, from the seeds. Um, so it's, it's going to be, uh, continue to be a good growth story, or the driving growth story is really the adoption of biotech seeds and the upgrading of, of those said seeds. Uh, the, the Roundup product is the most applied herbicide in the, in the world, and it is uh, Monsanto seeds. Uh, basically, any 
genetically modified seed, and I'm generalizing a little bit, uh, is tolerant of that herbicide. It's a, it's a key uh, input in the, the global ag business, and, and it's that it's been that way for almost 20 years now at this point. Um, so there, there is pushback, and it depends on the region, but it's, it's going to be a continued growth driver uh, for this new company going forward. Have we seen this type of consolidation before in the chemicals industry? Uh, this, is, uh, this is sort of a unique time in the chemicals industry in the last year or so. Um, not that I can remember. It's been a while uh, for, for this level of consolidation, but as, as growth slows and people are looking for uh, better ways to put their balance sheets to work, cheap debt and slow growth, I think it's uh, uh, resulting in this wave of mergers here. Hmm. And what are you hearing from uh, analysts uh, besides yourself? You're certainly an analyst of Bloomberg Intelligence, but what, what, what is the sort of the, the consensus, or is there a consensus on the street? Um, I think the, the street uh, consensus could, could be characterized as, as a coin flip uh, between people that uh, like the deal and, and don't like the deal. So the, I guess the consensus is there's an even lack of consensus on the street as, a, as to the, uh, the merits of the deal and who's getting the better of it. A lack of consensus for a sixty-six billion dollar deal for Monsanto and uh, and Bayer. Is there anybody left? I mean, we, every now and again I hear BASF might have been interested in a bid for uh, Monsanto. Is there anybody left left to buy? Um, not really. Uh, you would have to go much smaller in scale among the, the crop chemical companies. Uh, and the fertilizer companies uh, to where uh, these deals are taking place. BASF has gone it alone. They they actually have a uh, an R and D relationship with Monsanto, uh, which I guess they'll now have with their uh, their uh, fellow countrymen down the road there. Um, once this deal's consummated, but uh, there's there's only really three or four large players uh, of a global scale in the market with a sort of a, mere, a mid-tier. Uh, to follow, but there's not much left. All right. Christopher Perella, you certainly covered that story up one side and down the other. Buyer agreeing to buy Monsanto in a $66 billion deal will be the largest takeover of the year if it goes through. I'm Kathleen Nason, Pim Fox, and this is Bloomberg. <laughs>